Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris, Willie, and Trevor, part of the Nova Insider Network, brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Back for the second episode of the season. We're live, for real, again. Um, and we're here to talk a number of different things. we got a couple different topics to cover. Obviously, the secret scrimmage um, is the title of the episode, so we're going to focus a little bit and on some of the brand new news that we've heard around the secret scrimmages, uh, one that we just played against Penn State and one apparently upcoming versus Duke. Um, we will be talking about a couple other things. We'll be talking about the players. Uh, we'll be we'll be talking about uh, just a couple little bit more expansion on the discussion around expectations for the season. Um, and some schedule. Other thing, yeah, schedule, right? And some other things and news and notes that we've been hearing as you know through the grapevine as as the season starts to materialize here. Um, but first, we do need to talk uh, about our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Um, so first things first, they're the good brand. Um, I'm wearing a little Homefield um, stuff right now, uh, so it's two for two uh, in terms of full forty episodes with uh, with wearing uh, the uh, with wearing the uh, the uh, Homefield Apparel stuff. Um, I love their stuff. It's very comfortable, like retro, uh, retro logos. You can see this one's got like kind of like the old cat with the uh, um, with for the blue and the white uh, on there as well. So definitely love everything they're bringing to the table um, and use the code full 40 on your first purchase. Um, so just create a new email um, and you'll get 15 percent off your first purchase. I would imagine that we'll be seeing some new gear from Homefield as well. Um, so any ideas that you have, um, let us know and we'll be sure to talk, talk to the good people at home field, um, with any ideas that you may have. So I'm, I'm still banging the table for the vest. Don't worry. I am speaking for the Villanova faithful. We will get a home field vest if it's the last thing I do. Um, so I'll bang the table for you all for all, all the time. Wine and cheese crowd doesn't sit silently by to not have a home field apparel vest, uh, on demand. It, it will happen. We will make it happen. That is my solemn promise. Awesome. All right. So the, the new kind of off the press news that we've heard is that we just played a secret scrimmage um, a couple days ago, Friday. I don't know exactly Friday. which day, Friday? Thursday, Friday, it was, it was whatever. A secret. Um, yeah. We don't really know when it happened, just that yeah. it was a secret and that it did happen. Allegedly. Uh, so recently we allegedly played Penn state. Um, the word on the street uh, is that, is that we we won whatever that means? I don't actually know how these secret scrimmages like actually transpire because like I can uh, I can help you out there a little bit. Yeah. So from what we've seen in the past in writing is that they play like five ten minute quarters or they do uh, different situational like okay there's two minutes left in a game like go win the game kind of thing. There's it's not like they're playing a game or they're playing a full twenty minute half. It's like broken up by like five to 10 minute increments and then the stop and then the, they tally up all the box scores at the end. That's why you're seeing, Oh, Justin Moore had 60 against UNC a couple years ago. Like that's or Phil Booth, whoever it was, but like that's kind of how they get the breakdown and why you're seeing absurd numbers reported on these. 
And what they'll do also is they'll also do a lot of like, to Trevor, to your point of like situational stuff. So it'll be like, not just like, oh, there's two minutes left, but it's for this set, we're only playing zone defense. Right. And so it's something that like, you know, at Nova, we're not going to be playing zone defense for 10 minutes at a time. If we are, something's very wrong with the team. Um, but they'll do that just to work on that. So you'll have moments where it's like, yeah, like maybe there's a bit of a comeback, but like really like that's not how they're playing. So it is like, a, it's a bit disjointed, but we get the box scores. And I think everyone loves see, being able to see just, oh, now we saw like, oh, Villanova won a hundred to 85 or whatever the score may have been throughout that time period. The box score is nice for us as the fans, but for, Obviously, for Penn State, for Nova, for anyone who's participating in a secret scrimmage, it's much more about, like, the ins and outs and refining that against, like, at another team. At this stage, they've been working out for three, four months at this stage, you know, maybe, like, with a break here and there, um, just kind of playing against each other and playing in pickup runs. So it's a good chance to kind of get out there and face another high major team. Yeah. So, but apparently we bested them whatever that may look like <laughs> uh that's that's the that's the official or the not official because it's secret word on the street um i've definitely viewed villanova as fort knox in the past um in other with other schools you'll sometimes see media members actually tweeting out like information about the secret scrimmage like or videos <laughs> yeah like straight up videos I think there was uh, recently, I think like the Georgetown guy, uh, Epps, whatever he was, yeah. like I, they just dropped that he scored like 46 in a scrimmage, which like, it's like, okay, what, what does that say about the rest of the team? <laughs> and again, like, what does that like, even mean? I remember one year Phil Booth dropped a million points in a, in a secret scrimmage. Yeah. And again, that's like, I, the reporting and the numbers on this is like, you can barely take this for more than the blue and white scrimmage. Like the yeah. only thing that's different is that the team doesn't know the plays you're running. But yeah. again, like Willie said, it's situational basketball. It's not a real environment at all. Yeah. And all we have are rumors from rumors. So yeah. glad of rumors, maybe one. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of rumors, we have heard, um, I was uh, like, you know, I, there's been events, there's been, um donor events there's been other events whatever grapevine stuff posting on message boards like you 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 start you get like a slow drip uh, of information out uh, about about players what what people are saying about things whatever um you know candidly i'll just hear i'll just note a couple things that i've kind of heard but either through the scrimmages or through kind of what i've been you know what the what the streets are saying so to speak out there but like one thing that I have heard like pretty unanimously is that Tyler Burton appears to be the real deal. Um, now that doesn't really come as a shock given his stature in the A-10 and his seniority and his experience playing college basketball and how good he's been over the years um, at Richmond, but you never know how that's going to translate onto like the big East level. You, you really just don't. But apparently what I've heard is that he's the real deal. I've heard the same thing about TJ Bamba. Um, that this is that that it's that it's legit. That that Bamba and Burton are both like absolutely legit. Um, so I'm excited about that. Willie's yeah. going to lead a whole segment on player previews, but that's definitely something I'm pumped about. Before we get into previews, I just want everyone to know I am staking my claim. Tyler Burton is my guy. I watched him like three years ago at Richmond. I've been watching him for the last three years. I was excited that we got him. That is my guy. That is all my – if I have chips on Villanova basketball, I'm putting them all on Tyler Burton. I love him, and I think he's going to be so great for us. Um, so hearing that he's playing the way that I, I, we, I think he can play is super exciting. 
Um, and I'm also really excited about Bamba. Um, but something I've been hearing about the Penn State scrimmage just from, you know, message boards and chatter and just like what I'm hearing is Longino might be healthy and like apparently looks really good from what I could gather, which obviously grain of salt. We're hearing this from just like through the grapevine, but everything I can hear if Longino is healthy and is like took the, has taken the leap that we thought he was going to take last year, but injuries held him back. That's another really exciting thing. And like we say it every year, but like maybe this is actually the year that we have depth. Like this yeah. will still play seven or eight people, but like this half. just might be the year that we actually could go. We have seven, but then we have another like three people that we can just pull off the bench. So I'm excited about that. I will make a note. Sorry, I'm trying to catch a fly. <laughs> I will make a note that um, I think I got him. Um, I will make a note that. Uh, one thing I uh, I did see when I was at an event the other day um, was, and the players were there, all of the guys look more trim than maybe even I was expecting. Not that I thought that back leaving was going to result in like a big major step back because we brought in a guy who was essentially like a, a Shaq um, disciple, so to speak. So I expected that to kind of hold largely speaking, and a lot of these guys have long pedigree um, in college, so they kind of know the workout routine. A lot of freshmen on the team kind of need to learn how to do this type of stuff, so these guys kind of get it. Uh, but but in addition to that, though, I will say that it's it's a little bit more of an appearance thing, but I felt like they were a little bit more – slender is not the right word because they were still, like, obviously cut. yoked and cut. Yeah, but, bad. like, but it was bad? a little bit more – I don't know, like – Sometimes you can sometimes see players and they look so big that you're like, how are they going to move? And these guys looked a little bit more trim in a way that I felt like, okay, I could, it's, it's see it looking at a guy in a suit, right? Like, so you're not, you're not getting a whole lot here. I'm we're, we're trying to pull straws and, and, yeah, but and pull they, needles from the haystack, but I feel like they look a little bit, all oh, they look a little bit bouncier. They, they did also, like, I, I got that vibe, too, at the blue and white scrimmage. Like, Dixon especially was a name that, that we talked about um, on the slimmer side than he was. La- like, not that he had baby fat to lose anymore, but, like, he is, like, he's got to be, like, 5% body fat or something like that. Like, he is he is looking good. Um, and same with uh, Nana, too, which he, for a lot of his career, wasn't able to work out as much as uh, everybody else just because of injuries and he was concussed and then dehydrated, you know, weird stuff that was happening to him, but they both definitely looked again, slim. Isn't the right word, but uh, cut, I guess we will say. Yeah. Um, And speaking of Nana, that was another thing that I've been hearing through the grapevine, which I'll be candid based on some of the conversations that we had in, in the past on this, on this podcast, I necessarily wasn't expecting but apparently what I've been told is that there's been a corner that's been turned um, and they have some, there's some, there's some hope there that, that, that this could actually be a pretty formidable season for him. So he's obviously been dogged by injuries over the past couple of years. Um, that's obviously been the biggest factor, but, but fact is that he hasn't played much at all and hasn't been a big factor um, for his first two years in college. Now, I can think of another guy on the Villanova bench who had a very similar story, and that guy's name is Dwayne Anderson. 
Um, and Dwayne Anderson in his first two years at Villanova was just non entity. And then his junior year, he turned it on and then he was the key leader cog in the wheel for a final four run his senior year. So if this is the non Njoku trajectory, he certainly got a good uh, uh, mentor to, to, to pay attention to in terms of Dwayne Anderson, but I'm all for it. Like I'm all for it. Cause we could use some size. So, yeah. so if he wants to step up, and 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 start to become the guy who's gonna who's gonna man the post. Like I'm I'm all for that. I'm not I'm certainly not rooting against him. Not at all. And I think actually just kind of like building off that, I think this might be a good time to start talking about these player previews. And I think kind of starting with and the way I'm thinking about these player previews, Chris and Trevor, is just like we can talk a bit about like what we what we've seen from them and what we're expecting for them from the year. I think we kind of have started to do that with Nana. Um, here and I'll, what I can do if y'all are open to it is we'll just kind of like popcorn it and I'll kind of hop around the roster. I have yep. the roster up here. Um, we're going to start with Nana and then I'll go down and through the bottom. So it's just going to go from Nana to Tyler to Eric and then back up to TJ Bamba and then down through through okay. the list. So with Nana, I mean, if we're looking at like what we're hoping for from him, it's that Dwayne Anderson rise. And I think I'm not expecting, I'm not yeah. expecting full Final Four leader. Oh yeah, yeah, year. yeah, yeah. But if we see, nor is it needed. Yeah, nor is it needed. But if we see the five, not even like the consistent five to ten minutes, honestly, of just like energy and playing hard, I think that's a really strong indication for the, his future and for us for the for the season. If he can give us that, if he can give Dixon the honest five to ten minute break, where Dixon can go to the bench, or heck. Can Dixon play next to Nana? We've spoke, people have spoke about this back and forth. We know that if Dixon's going, and we'll talk about more about this with Dixon when we get into his preview, but if Dixon's going to go to the NBA, he needs to be more of a 4-5 hybrid than a 5-4, or just, or at the very least, he needs to be able to like step out and play on the perimeter, which we know he can do, but he needs some more reps doing that and being able to have that, put that on film. So Nana's, Nana's actually kind of like a weird key here of giving us depth at the center position just depth in general, also helping Eric with his NBA potential, and then also st- establishing a core for next year where not going to dive too much into next year, but like we don't know what the cupboard holds. Like we could conceivably be losing like seven people next year and then have three freshmen. So there's a lot on the table there. Yeah. I mean, with, with Nana, look, look my expectations candidly were, um, were not super super high um coming into the season as i've alluded to already but but i will say this if he can be a guy who this turns into a 10 minute a game rotation player 15 maybe at the high end right like a, a really high end would be 15 i would think um but i'd be happily wrong if that's if it's even low uh, but 10 minute a game type guy like that could be um, that could be really, really helpful for us. It's just like, super helpful. Yeah. Eric Dixon has not had a backup in his Villanova career. I'm unless I'm crazy. Like if you, you can count your, he was the backup. Ball, one yeah, he was, he was the backup for JRE. Yeah. Right. And then he has been our only playable center since. Um, minus like when you'd have Jermaine going as the small ball um, option. Yeah, sort of like a game when Dada came back after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which was yeah. like a 20-minute big five sp- yeah. uh, spell just to 
wrap up his career, honestly. Um, so just if, if he can give five, 10 minutes just for Eric to catch his breath without us getting absolutely hammered on the boards, that is just marked improvement over, I think what a lot of people were even expecting coming in. And I'm to be clear based off. And again, I know it's a scrimmage. I know, Everybody gets every rebound and every secret scrimmage, but this is like, this is a really good thing to see. Um, he looked good in blue and white. He was competing. He looks like he lost some weight. It's just all, all signs are pointing to him being able to contribute. So that's just great. Yeah. I'm not even yeah. going to list like a points goal or anything no. like that. Like honest to God's truth, 10 minutes of like serviceable basketball, a game is like, that's plenty. Yep. All right, so we're going to hit next. Tyler Burton is next. <clears throat> oh, geez, sorry. Yeah, Tyler's next. Um, obviously, Richmond grad transfer, um, all A-10. I think what people – like, when I think about, like, my expectations for him, I think people, like, if we're trying to mold and Villanova fans, like, how do I, like, compare him? And obviously, no one is a perfect comparison, but think of what Jermaine did towards the end of his senior year. That's the, the kind of – especially in the tournament. That's the kind of – expectation and exp the way I expect Tyler to kind of impact the floor where Jermaine was hitting the three, but was pl playing good defense was rebounding. Tyler's honestly a better offensive player than Jermaine. He's just more fluid. He can do more with the ball in his hands. Like you can actually just let Tyler initiate the offense even to which Jermaine like could do, but it was kind of like in a more structured st standpoint, you could just back away and say, Tyler, go get a bucket. Um, obviously Jermaine was incredibly clutch um, understood the team concept, was incredibly smart. So there's levels that Tyler, as a senior, I'm expecting he'll be able to do. But, like, if he doesn't do it immediately, like, I get it. It's going to take a bit to pick it up at Villanova. But overall, like, we have this is a guy who scored near 20 points a game in the A-10, can put the ball in the basket, is incredibly athletic. Like, you're going to see him fly for rebounds in the same way that, like, Dante used to fly out of nowhere for rebounds. You're going to be like, how did he just get that? Like, that's what you're going to see from Tyler. And – I've heard that, like, oh, he hasn't been showing it on defense yet, but, like, trust me, like, that defense will be there. He's going to create opportunities for for us to get out and run, which that's a larger – and we can talk about narratives and things throughout the whole year. I want to know, does this team get out and run? Because we have the depth and we're mature enough to do that, but we also can execute in the half court. So I'm really excited about Tyler. Like, honestly, like, I think a all-Big East, like, fringe-level season is – completely on the on the table for Tyler depending on like how the pecking order within the team actually shapes up like is he our number two or is he our number like four that really depends if he's our number four that's just the best number four in college basketball I'll just say it like that yeah I I, I don't have a ton to add Willie um, but this is like all signs point to a 30 plus minute a game guy. This is this is as you said, like a potential all Big East type guy. Um, I mean, it's not. Is it to me? It doesn't sound crazy based on everything I've known about him and everything I heard about it, to expect him to be a fifteen plus point per game type contributor um, and be able to contribute at several levels offensively, yeah. um, including on the glass. Uh, so, I, I mean. Is it is it a crazy thing to say that this that, that Burton could be like a sixteen and seven type player? I don't think so. I think that like maybe sixteen's a bit high, but like I don't think it's that like wild of a take to see that to say that he could do that. 
Like, and to your point, he's going to be paying 30 minutes a game. So, like, I love that. Like, if we're going to go in the path, I think we're going to move the upper end of things. It's probably 16 and seven. Maybe it's 14 and seven. Maybe it's 13 and seven, whatever it looks like. But, like, this is going to be an impact player. Like, I've, I think people need to, like, <laughs> I'm almost going to say, like, they need to raise their expectations for how good Tyler Burton is going to be immediately at Villanova. Yeah. Simply because you are dealing with, like, the way I'll describe it is, Tyler Burton went to the NBA draft, tested at the combine, and like could be a G League player right now. Like this is a person who is like a hundred percent could be a G League player and be good in the G League, and he's playing for us this year. Like that's just the way I want people. Like I want to think about it is like we have a G League level player who's playing with us. Like that's that is a very good college basketball player. It does not. It's not a small thing that he does have NCAA tournament experience too. Yeah, they made the round of 32 um, with Richmond. They went on a big run in the A10 tournament. Um, this is going back a couple of years. They lost to Providence, ironically, um, in the round of 32 in the tw- the four, four four thirteen game, the four third the four twelve game, the four twelve the four twelve round of 32 game. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but they they won a they won a big game in that first round. Uh, and then, and then ultimately that Providence team was kind of, obviously they ran into Kansas, but they were kind of team of destiny, so to speak, at least from, from, from their perspective. Destined <laughs> Jeff- to beat Richmond in the, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I just, but, uh, <laughs> but that team, that, that Providence team was like special. So like, like you could understand really losing to them. Yeah. Um, special so, enough to beat Richmond. Yes. Um, yes. which, uh, Willie, you've obviously watched more Tyler than any of us here. Um, So I take your word for it. I'm just excited that there's another guy that can help Justin initiate offense. Um, And like Chris said, he can kind of get his, but Justin and some of these other guys are most effective when they have somebody else setting the table. Um, I think we saw that last year when he came back, that he was better with Mark on the floor and not having to do everything himself. Um, whether or not that was because he wasn't 100% healthy or what, but um, just somebody that can get his own shot, help other people get a shot. And again, we got killed on the boards so bad last year. It'll just be refreshing to have dogs on the on the glass again. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right, moving on to our next player to talk about. Easy himself, Eric Dixon. Big Dixon. I mean, overall for Eric, I mean, I think this is hopefully the year that his entire culmination of what we've seen him be kind of like really hits. I think this is where like for Eric, I almost don't want to compare him to like, and we kind of alluded to this in the last pod. I don't want to compare him to like what he'd done previously or even like goals here. It's just like, I want to see him be the best center in the Big East. Like that's just what it is regardless of if it's the top of the draft boards or like if you win biggest player of the year, I know. And I expect when Eric's on the floor this season, especially facing one of the other big three or four centers, however you want to break them down across the big East that we're going to see Eric Dixon play his number one game. I'm hopeful that we're going to see when Kyle inevitably calls up a pin down for Eric to win the game that he hits it. And like, yeah, I'm going to let y'all take the floor on Eric, but like, I think this is a year for like, we saw last year Eric kind of have to be, especially when Justin wasn't here, the go-to guy. It was Eric's team. It was very apparent. And then 
I think there was a level of like growth he had to go through. Like, holy crap, like they are looking to me every single time I need to create. And like that took a little bit. He doesn't have to do that anymore. There are so many horses on this team. I'm looking for him to be more efficient, more decisive, and just like way more lethal this year. Um, yeah. So I was always one to call him Fixin uh, with two C's. <laughs> As we said before, I don't think I can call him that anymore. He's just like he, like we said, he he looks a little different. He's definitely lost some more weight, but like you said, his skills are like he is designed to embarrass those other four, other three um, top candidates for like Biggie Center of the Year. Um, not that that's an award, but you know what I mean. Like he is designed to embarrass those guys, and he's done it before several times um he's only gotten better Uh, obviously they've had their chance to improve also but the way that he steps out and spreads the floor when he has his shot going it's just going to be a long night for those guys they cannot stay out and if they do he's going to find someone he's a great passer and he has other guys on this team that are going to be on the floor with him to finish plays and that's probably the most exciting part about this like we said last year it was kind of like right if you shut down eric everything else kind of stalled um, unless Cam had it going or um, one of the – or Caleb. So just the options that he's going to have. He has somebody to actually spell minutes for him, we hope. So he's going to be fresher at the end of games. Um, just all good things on the horizon for him. He's just – he's put in the work over his – is this his sixth year in the program? Yeah, at least a million. Then, yeah. I think it's more like a million years, whatever. And he's still right. a year to go. Like he's right. still a year of eligibility. <laughs> yeah. So he has put the work in. He's been there with battling JRE, um, his redshirt year, backing up JRE a little bit. And it's just those reps are all going to come full circle, I think. And I'm just really excited for the season he's going to have individually and as a part of the team. Yeah, I'm going to throw in like a couple things that like I want to see from Dixon this year. Um, like I'm, I echo all the excitement. Like I, I actually kind of didn't think we were going to get him back. Like it's just like an absolute blessing to have him. Um, and so, and so he's been nothing but a model citizen his entire time at Villanova, uh, and he's been and he's been absolutely fantastic um, on on the court. Um, there's a few things that I do want to point out that I think I'd like to see from him. One, look, we know that the Creighton game is like the high end, so to speak, that, that he had this past year. Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. Uh, and obviously you can't look to have that, have that be the norm, so to speak. But, but the efficiency in that game, the way he was utilized in that game, so it's a little bit of a coaching point there. Right, like all of those different factors that played into how he performed. So like whether he's going to get like 30 and eight or whatever the numbers were that he had that game, that was absolutely absurd. But like, I can't expect that to happen every game by any stretch of the imagination, but those types of shots, those types of looks, the, that type of creation that he did where he was, he, he had the defense on their, on their skates, the entire game. Like, like he was shooting the rock when they were questioning if he was going to shoot and then he was up faking when they would come out on him and he would dot and he would slash a little bit, whatever. That's the kind of thing that I want to see a little bit more consistently. It's a coaching concept, but it's also a Dixon concept in terms of Dixon's level of aggression. Um, but 
But in addition to that, I also want to see him. Um, I want to see him be a little bit more. One thing that J- J- Jeremiah Robinson Earl had, and we, he, we've, he's come up a couple times, so that's why I'm bringing him up. He had like a certain nose for the ball on the glass. Um, and not that Dixon's a bad rebounder for his size, but but he does get out-rebounded sometimes. And I think that's I, – I don't know if it's going to work through boxing out because he's plenty strong. Um, so it's not a matter of his effort or whatever. I think it's more of just like – another year of playing college basketball, he should have a better nose for the ball. And I think we're going to see that like towards the end of his career, Jermaine Samuels was like, he was always good on the glass, but like he was, he was especially good down the stretch. And I'd like to see Eric kind of morph into that a little bit. And then the only other thing is because he is a little slimmer, I want to see if there's a little bit more bounce there. Like he doesn't dunk a ton. So like, it would be nice to see him throw the rock down a little bit more when he gets that opportunity. So and I, I would like to see that a little bit more. And I think that's probably connected the for lack of a better term, the lack of bounce in the rebounding. Cause we're comparing it to JRE. Like JRE has was even though JRE isn't like an elite athlete, he was very bouncy and like was really good at getting rebounds. And like Eric is much more of an area rebounder where he'll clear out, but he's a great yeah. boxer because he's so strong. But like he can get like if you can out jump him, you're gonna get the rebound. If you're equal strength, you know, whatever. So I definitely think uh, there's definitely obviously room to improve there as well. Um, but I'm curious. I, th- I think there might be a connection between him slimming down and hopefully becoming 5% more bouncy and um, the rebounding as well. Cool. Well, we're heading back up to the top now. Um, and we're talking about the guy from the Bronx, not Kyle Neptune, TJ Bamba. In terms of expectations for TJ Bamba, like TJ Bamba has, is, it's he's such a unique player where I think essentially for the season, we could see him play anywhere between the one and the three, or heck, the one and the four for us, obviously the way we play basketball. I'm expecting we're going to see him more on the wings at the two and the three. He's incredibly strong. He's a good three-point shooter. He has a good handle. He's, I mean, he's kind of like, I don't, want to like undersell this or oversell this but like when i think about tj bamba and the expectation i think of him and justin moore as like honestly really interchangeable not in the way of like justin moore like justin moore obviously knows the program has been here for five years is incredible but like they play similar enough that i think you could see tj bamba do a lot of the stuff we see justin do because the large question that people will have about justin the same thing it's like is justin really a point guard He's more of a combo guard who just happens to be our lead. And now, like, that's why there's a lot of pressure on Mark to take take a step forward. But I, like, honestly, like, TJ and Justin, I feel like are going to be such a disgusting one-two combo or two, whatever you want to call it. I think TJ Bamba, and this is another one I'm going to raise this, raise the ceiling for this, like, I think we should be expecting a lot from TJ Bamba as well. Um, And when I say expecting a lot, I don't mean, like, all American, but I, I mean, like we're, we should expect like a high level of play from the jump for him. Um, because once again, these aren't touted freshmen that are coming in. Like when we had cam coming in, like, yeah, cam was, is an elite athlete. We can already see he's like kind of figuring it out in the NBA in the open space of it, but like college basketball is just frankly different than the NBA. Like it, you, you, there's a level of like going from high school to going to college basketball where the game's moving faster, but it's also more condensed and you're not as you're not the number one athlete anymore to where like when you're in high school player, you could be a little bit confusing. 
we're not going to deal with that with that hurdle from Bamba, with that hurdle from Burton or any of these transfers because they've done it before. Bamba was an all Pac-12 honorable mention player. Like he's already been there in a really good conference, the Conference of Champions, according to Bill Walton. So like we've seen, like he, we've seen this. He's going to do that. He like once again another player who I think is probably a little step behind Burton in terms of like the NBA preparedness, but like went to the draft and like could have gone to the like entered to the draft and like probably gotten a G league spot, gotten at least gotten a camp invite, like another NBA fringe level player who was on this team. So I have pretty high expectations of him. He's a little bit bigger than Justin, but I think a Justin Moore type, like uh, seeing him and Justin Moore being like two Batmans, I think is a really good like uh, expectation. He is also a defensive savant. Right, like that's that's kind of his reputation coming into this. Is that am I, Willie? Is that my is my understanding correct? I don't know if I'd use the word savant, but he definitely gets after it on the defensive end. Like he's dog. He's like yeah, he's a dog is a, a really good word <laughs> to, put, to put it for it. Draymond's a defensive savant, but yeah, okay. No, no, but like there was a defensive element to this. Yes, completely. Yeah. Um, I think that that's kind of my biggest. Thing. Not to say that I'm not excited about what he can contribute offensively by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But if I'm thinking of Burton as offense forward, right, from a transfer standpoint, I'm thinking of Bamba maybe a little bit more of a defense forward guy. And that's not to say that he can't also put up like 12 and 6. Like that's not to, it's not to shit on that at all. Um, but more just like we – this team last year lacked a guy who was a – good defender who understood our defense and also was an offensive contributor and not a liability yeah. on offense, right? Like we didn't So in other him. words, in other words, we missed Justin Moore until, you know, yeah, correct. The end of the year. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right. Exactly. Right. But, but I still think of Justin as a little bit more, even though Justin's defense is so freaking good, right? Like because of the role he plays and play played and will theoretically continue to play. I think of him as a little bit more like offense forward, but just obviously his defense is so good. Like with Bamba, I feel like he has just, there's so much there. Um, Athletically. I also just, I, I said this way back when he committed, but like there is, it's so rare in the portal that you get guys who just feel right from a culture standpoint. Yeah. And like, from right from the beginning, he felt like, well, this guy is a culture fit. I remember like going through and like gawking over the quotes and like everything that he wanted to do to commit to Villanova. He was the first one. So like it was still in a time he was right. He was signing up and getting close to commit when we didn't know who the hell was going to be on this team next year. And he came in and, and we got him and he was, and he was like saying good things. And honestly, I think that like his between Moore's, recommitment and Bamba's commitment that kind of changed like the whole way that the offseason looked like it was going to go completely like, those two things so the the Bamba and more Batman and Batman comment I love that <laughs> completely I mean Justin was obviously the biggest domino of like Justin leaves and the wheels fall off and who knows where we're at right now but then I Bamba was the point of like because I believe Bamba was also the first one to commit from yeah the he was example. yeah that was that one was like, all right, well, 
we have some juice in the portal. Like we can, we can do this. And then obviously we've seen how the rest of the portal went. We had the entire just surprise of um, being involved in the Hunter Dickinson sweepstakes. And then even Burton was a bit of a surprise where like, I thought we thought we were done and all that stuff, but all that to say, just to get back to the point, like, yeah, I, I completely agree with your, with your take there. Yeah, the uh, the only miss right now, in my opinion, for Bamba is that he and Justin didn't swap jerseys, so we don't have a Bamba number five, um, which would have been just – that would have been chef's kiss for me. Um, but I had to look back on – going into Chris's point about the culture thing and everything, I had to look back because I wasn't sure if it was Bamba or Burton, but it was Bamba who in j- early June had a workout video of him just doing like jump stops and pump fakes in the lane. I was like, Oh yeah, this is Villanova basketball. Yeah, we're, we're fine. Um, so I'm excited for that. Like we said, it's going to be great having competent offense and defense out there at the same time. He seems to get it. He was a big step over the summer for us. And aside from not getting Justin to do the Jersey swap with him, I think all things point to a good year. Completely. Next up, the Amarillo Assassin, who, for my eyes, um, we're, we're gonna, it's Brendan Hausen, for people who don't know. <laughs> um, Hausen, if we talk about expectations, I'm going to – I'm feeling a little – it might be the high noon, but I'm feeling a little punchy right here. <laughs> I have a genuine take, just like a Brendan Hausen being a shooter. I said this to my brother, and he's probably listening. I'm going to roll his eyes when I, when I say this. Is Hausen a top – a hundred shooter in the world right now. Like any basketball, any level, any level. And I don't mean, I'm not even, I'm not going to say games. Just a pure shooter. Just as a pure shooter. Like if you put someone in a gym and ask them to shoot 500 shots, like is Hawes in a top of that? Because he might be, he is one of the best shooters I have ever seen um, of basketball. Obviously just pure shooter. Cause once again, he's not moving off screens like Curry or like, doing movement like JJ Redick or like Duncan Robinson or anyone to like there's levels to the game, but just as a pure, you walk into a gym and you just let someone shoot the basketball. He's it's, it's beautiful. Like I'm, it might be the high noon talking, but I love seeing this man shoot. And if you're looking at expectations for the year, man, it's shoot him up and sleep in the streets. Like, and I don't think he's going to be sleeping in the streets very often for him. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I, I started hot. Like, yeah, I started, yeah. You're going through this whole thing. I was uh, like, I'm going to say this on the pod and I'm going to get a reaction out of it because it's a take, but like he's an incredible shooter. It like just as, so just to add to that a little yeah. bit, funny, funny anecdote from the event that I went to the other day, um, Corey Stokes was there. Corey Fisher was there. Um, Fisher obviously is working with the team now. Um, but I overlapped in school with, with both of them. And so I was talking, I said hello and whatever. And we were talking about uh, shooting and whatever. We were talking how Hawson came up. And and I was like, so what do you think? Like, what do you think, Corey, like Stokes? Like, because Stokes was a great shooter, the yep. Bayonne Bomber, the Amarillo Assassin, right? So like, what do you think? And he's like, he's like, come on. He's like, he's like, he's good. He's good. No doubt. But like, come on, light work, light work. Like, I got, I got this, I got this. And I was just like, I was like, and like literally in that moment, Fisher like ears perked up and he goes, I don't know, man, this guy's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) It was just one of those moments where, and then Stokes was like, oh, come on, man, what are you talking about? We went to school together, man. You kept, how can you be saying that? 
Um, but it was a it was a really hilarious little moment there. But um, truth be told, right? Like Hausen is. I, I mean, those videos are are insane of his ability to shoot. And yeah. we saw it last year in very light circumstances. His ability to walk on the floor cold after not playing for 25 minutes it's and insane. pull up and hit his first shot was absolutely fucking outrageous. Yeah. Right? Like it wasn't even like he was running around for five minutes. It would be he would step on the first floor. First time he touches the ball. The first time he touches the ball, it's going up and it's nothing but net. Right. Yeah. I could play in golf, like I could play a hole and, and, and hit and hit my driver. And then like 10 minutes later. I hit my drive. I have to hit my driver on the next hole, and I think it's, I fucking don't remember how to play at all. But like, yep. <laughs> we have to swing that club. Like he just comes out totally cold after not shooting for like an hour, and buries one. So I, I, Willie, it's a take. It's definitely it's a, it's a, take. a hot take. I it's know. Take. Like, like there's a I lot of to, people who can shoot the basketball. I needed to warm it up. I want the, I want the masses to be thinking about it. I wanted people to be. I, I wanted to warm up a hot take here. But, but that's my hot take. I'm standing on it. Brendan Hawes is the top 100 shooter in basketball. The best part about that take, though, is that, like, I can't, like, I'm not going to sit here and name 99 other people. No one can do it. So I'm, I'm right. Like, all right. So <laughs> Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Uh, all right, man. I guess Hawes is next, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what do we actually expect, though? Because the biggest issue last yeah. year is that he really had a hard time getting on the floor because of his defense. And it's not necessarily an insult to him. He's a freshman. We've seen it before, right? Like he had a hard time getting on the floor because of the defensive issues, right? We're loaded this year. So like last year, he was the seventh, eighth guy, especially given the injuries. This year, he theoretically on paper takes a step back. Um, and that's not, again, not an insult, but he, Theoretically, take a step back because we brought in like four guys. Justin Moore's healthy the whole year. Like, like there's, there's, it's challenging, right? Like an Armstrong role has to step up. So, like, <coughs> when, when, and how much is Hawson going to see the floor? And I think the question is really going to depend on: Can he be a decent enough defender? So such that his shooting makes him a person who. You can't really have him off the floor, especially in key moments when you gotta have a three. Yeah. I think he'll always be able to find his way onto the floor in situations like that where it's like we at least need him as a diversion to get somebody else a cleaner look. But like you said, we're kind of reloaded this year. And just the fact that it's not as critical that he's on there, we could we, this is like with any point guard in the NBA. You just need to be able to hide him in the scheme. And you just need him to not get totally lost on his rotations, which yeah. a year in the program, a summer with the team, like I expect him to make that leap, not a leap, but because it, 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 he did improve as the year went on, but just the reps that he's had and the time he's had with the program and the system, you would hope that the coaching staff knows like, okay, we just got to be able to hide him for, you know, a few minutes at a time on defense to really just, if he can get four shots up, I have no reason to think he won't make three of them. Like, it's just like top one hundred in in basketball. <laughs> like, it's I mean, just, many people are saying it. I'm seeing a trend. Yeah, I've heard it several <laughs> times uh, tonight. So, um, <laughs> the, the, Trevor, that does bring up an interesting point, though. That goes back to coaching, right? Like, yeah, like 
everyone had their frustrations last year with, with, with some of the coaching, the rotations, whatever, like I, we don't need to rehash that a little bit, but to rehash it just a little bit is, <clears throat> is the, is one of the things that was frustrating watching it is that he didn't know how to hide a guy, right? Like, and when I say he being Neptune, like from a rotational standpoint, he wasn't hiding players, right? Like he'd go out on the floor and then like with like a minute and a half left to go before a TV timeout, you'd have like Patterson, Hawson, like Arch, right? Like, and it was just like, okay, we're going to give up 10 points right now and not score a bucket because we have no one who could create nothing, right? Like what he used to do, like think about, I, I hate to think, point out 2018 because you just have just like a plethora of athletes, but like seven NBA players. Yeah. But like at that moment, Colin was a guy who he needed to kind of hide in certain yeah. moments. Right. Like, and it was a little bit like a Hawson right now where, okay. Guy could shoot the rock plays hard, like gets what we're trying to do here. Uh, but wasn't necessarily caught up all the way speed wise and had, had certain deficiencies and wasn't, didn't have all his capabilities set. Cause he was a, he was a freshman who um, didn't have the same pedigree as some of the other players did. Again, no insult just was the reality of the situation. What he was able to do though, Jay Wright did during that time was Colin would be in, in like the most experienced lineups. So from hiding him on defense from a schematic standpoint to, to putting him in positions where he could be successful and grow his confidence like Jay was doing that expertly. Now it's easy when you have a like a one C in the NCAA tournament. It's going to go win the end. It's going to go win the whole thing. But like, but this year the personnel is theoretically there to be able to hide Hawson in moments so that you could to, to Trevor's point get that. That's a coaching problem, not a Hawson problem. Yeah. Right. Like like Hawson's got to step up his game defensively, get the system a little bit better, and not be a total liability. And then make and then make that work when time comes and it and it comes time to cash in on the three pointers, but but it's a coaching issue to put him in a situation where he could be successful on the floor like that. All right, number two is number two, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. Wow, Mark Ingram. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. where am I at? Football season is yeah, water. right noon. Yeah, right that high noon. Uh, Mark Armstrong. Wow. Um, so <laughs> Mark Ingram, uh, yeah, uh, I'm expecting 1400 rushing yards and uh, 10 touchdowns. <laughs> uh, Bama ain't played nobody yet, pal. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Armstrong, what I'm actually expecting here is I mean, for I don't even want to talk about like large expectations, there's one thing that I'm looking for from him is can he give us. 15 to 20 minutes of being the lead guard on the offense. I don't like, I think Justin Moore at the end of the day is going to have the ball in his hand. So like Justin 10 minutes of being the lead guard, whatever. But when we're talking about that middle stretch of the game, can Mark be the person that has the ball in his hands and actually is like running the table and making decisions. We know in the open court in a full court setting, Mark is incredibly fast, gets to the ball, gets to the rim at will. We have the Georgetown game that happened last year where he just like, was knifing through the defense and scoring at will in a full court setting. We know he can do that. It's when you pack the paint, you slow down the pace and you put it in a half court setting and he can't create the advantage versus his man immediately that we want to see growth there. And he has counters. You can get to the rim, but it's more of like, how does he begin to one set the floor for others, which he wasn't a like 
he just he wasn't a good passer. I wasn't calling it's not a bad thing. He just like wasn't a good passer last year. Not like a bad or good thing. He just like has room to grow there. He's because he's also not a pure point guard. Like he's never going to be your he's not going to be like your Chris Paul, you know, who's going to see the floor everywhere. But can he just take a step forward and being the guy that like is the floor general for us to the best of his abilities? I'm not necessarily saying I need to see him getting five assists a game, but like seeing him make the right pass in all this in more situations is going to be huge for me. Um, if he's able to do that and he's able to be the point guard on the floor for 15 to 20 minutes a game, everything else is going to fall into place. Honestly, even if his shot never really comes around, which I believe it will, he's talented enough defensively from um, defensively and athletically that if he can pass and get people involved, he's going to be successful no matter what. The shot just takes it to another level. The shot's what like puts him to like, oh crap, is he going to be here next year kind of situation? But like, at least for this year, if he's able to at least be able to be that man on the floor, I think we're looking at a really strong year for Market Armstrong. Why do I keep saying Mark? Dude, what's going on with you? I don't know. I don't know why I'm thinking of Mark Ingram. Well, he allegedly, supposedly, maybe snorted uh, when we secretly played Penn State, um, which is good. I think we were all kind of hoping that whatever the combination of the lineup would be, that Mark would at least get his chance um, to be a starter, having been in the system for a year um, and having more success kind of as a starter last season than he did coming off the bench. So I hope that first of all, that's the case and that he proves that he deserves to be the starting point guard of Villanova, how much of the ball he'll have in his hand. Again, that's tough when you have the horses that we have now. Um, but just to echo you. Yeah. I think you got to look for him to be making the right play at the right time. He can get to the rim seemingly whenever he wants, but getting everybody else involved off of that will just help the team dramatically. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, this is a little bit to me like he had a pretty decent freshman campaign, all things considering. I'd say early on, I wish we saw more, um, you know, so that maybe he had a little bit more development during the season. But he played well um, overall. I thought he had flashes. I think his sophomore campaign is going to be like consistently putting the best flashes of his freshman year, like that being the kind of like norm. Right. Like, and Willie, I totally hear Trevor. I totally hear what you're saying in terms of, Hey, okay. Starting whatever that looks like, is he going to be a six man? Whatever that role is. I think we can all agree that this is a 25 minute plus per game guy, yeah. right? Like in whatever role that looks like maybe 30 plus minutes, although it's just hard to find. Like if I started saying what my minutes expectations, I'll, I won't come up to 200. I'll be at like 250. Right. But, like, but like realistically, He's got to be a guy who's going to be, um, who's got to be, uh, to Willie's point, like he's got to be a lead guy for good chunks of games. Now, at the end of a game, do I expect it to be anybody other than in a tight situation than more walking the ball up the court? Like, that's going to be the question for Mark is that, is that, is actually the best usage rate, the best usage scenario is at the end of, at the end of the season. Do we want more off-ball or on-ball? Two years ago, we made the Final Four. Colin was the guy, but Moore was the one who had the ball in his hands, walking the ball up the floor when we were trying to make a final. When we were trying to make a Final Four, right? Like now, Colin got the ball. Colin was the one who made the shot, so to speak, whatever. But like Moore was the guy that Jay put the ball in his hands and said, "Okay, you run the offense. 
and Colin get open, right? Like that was Colin getting Colin playing off ball in, in those situations, right? Like the, this is where like Ken Mark developed to the point where coming down the stretch of games, when it matters, like when we're trying to steal a win away at, I don't know, you name it, UConn, whatever, or Creighton or whatever. And we got to get a, we got to get a big one for the resume so that we can maybe move our way up into a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, whatever it may look like, but like, okay, is Mark welcome the ball up the floor or is initiating the offense or is it Justin? And if it's Justin, that's absolutely great. But like, can Mark put himself into that situation as a sophomore? My guess is my expectation is not necessarily that, but, but for large chunks of games that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't want to necessarily put points and rebounds and, and assists statistics. on I it. think it's like, silly to do that. Like, yeah. like for some guys it is right. But like, like I, I feel like if Mark's performing to what I expect him to do, I, I'll know it when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. All right. Next up, uh, Trey Patterson. So injured. In, yeah. Injured. Um, hopefully he gets back and gets healthy soon. Um, I mean, expectations for him right, as of right now is just like heal up and like maybe you can be in depth, a depth piece at the back end of the season. Mm-hmm. But like, there's not really much I have in terms of expectations for him as, for this year. Like, frankly, like maybe he's, we'll see how the season goes. Um, hopefully he's able to just be a depth piece. A, a well known Villanova blogger com- has, says his comp is going to start. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, Brian jumps in. Um, <laughs> but a well known Villanova blogger, uh, you know, has said that his comp is Scotty Pippen. So <laughs> I, I guess that's the ceiling here, right? So, um, yeah. I don't want to go too far into that. If you know, you know. That's one of those if you know, you know situations. Look, my expectations for Trey Patterson are I don't have expectations for Trey Patterson. Yeah. It's, a, it's a comment on the injury, that's a comment on what we've seen so far. Um, I thought there were moments that I thought he developed last year with a little bit more playing time. Um, I really wonder who the question marks are going to be in the team. This is more of a broad conversation than a Trey Patterson conversation of like, who are the guys midway through this season are going to be like, man, this guy needs to get more time. How is he going to fucking develop? Like (laughs) there's always a couple uh, with, with Villanova, but uh, but but that's kind of the that's kind of the question, right? Is like, can he be a guy who could even contribute at all this season? There's and the, there's an intriguing basketball player in there. You just it has to be like carved out. Like there were times at, la- at the end of, or during the season last year, I was like, I could see like a defensive stopper role, like, like Scotty Pippen, <laughs> like Scotty <laughs> Pippen, you know. Um, but then like he <laughs> would get blown by on the perimeter. Oh man. There's, there's just, yeah. There's a, there's an intriguing basketball player in there. I just hope he gets healthy and like, so we can start to figure that out next year. Um, but I have like, to Chris's point, I have pretty much no expectations besides like, just take your time, get healthy, and yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be quick with mine. I, I hope at the very least he can be a leader. Um, he's had surgery on more labrums than I knew the human body had, so I just hope he, you know, like we said, rest up get healthy. He had flashes last year. I, I honestly don't expect him to really play this year, which is unfortunate. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. So you, you're, you're thinking more like a Demir Cosby roundry. Yeah. I, I uh, hope that, um, you know, you can follow him as a leader and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. I love that. 
I love that for you, man. I love that expectation for you. Um, Willie, who's yeah. next? Chris Archidiakon who's next. Uh, um, another leader. Okay, uh, I have an expectation. But actually, so let me just jump in there. Yeah, like, go for it. I want him to be in a situation this year where where he plays to the level of minutes and whatever that is commensurate with his with his levels of skill and leadership. Like the guy, like absolutely puts everything into the program, right? Like, so like and he should be playing, like, and he I've... should be, and he should be playing. He should not be playing more than like an eighth, ninth, tenth guy on the team. If Chris Archidiakono is your eighth, ninth, tenth guy from like a contribution standpoint all around, you have a really that's fucking great. good team. Yeah, that's right? like, like that's that's exactly where he should be, and that's yeah, that's exactly where he needs to be. Like, hey, you could bring an effort guy on the effort guy off the bench who is going to give you decent defensive minutes. And and can control the ball and not turn the ball over like left and right, right? Like as your eighth, ninth, tenth guy, when you're kind of in a depth situation or a foul trouble situation or something like that, like that's a real asset, like a real yeah. like knows your system type of guy who could kind of like, yeah, kind of like a as a quarterback is like game manager quarterback type of type of guy. Like that's exactly what Arch needs to be from a contribution standpoint. And the the problem with last year. Is that is that he was put in a situation that he was like this third guy, right? Like, and that's just not what he is, and that's that's fine. And 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 guess what? Like, that's not an insult to him. He's he's doing everything that he can. He's getting everything out of every ounce of skill that he's got there. Again, it goes back to coaching and development and personnel. And so my expectation for this year is he's not put in a position. He's not put in a position or situation where. Candidly, fans have to boo the fact that he got put into a game, right? Like, like that was that was an embarrassing yeah. moment last year for Villanova all around. Um, and and I want to avoid that altogether this year. That just has to be just like off the table. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, ideally, like you said, he knows the system. He's not going to get turned around on defense. He's not going to turn the ball over on offense. He's great as okay. This guy just twist just rolled an ankle or something we need somebody to go in there and play point guard for three minutes while he gets checked and taped up like that's fine everything you said 100 percent, chris i and yeah there's no reason that we should ever be booing one of our own players entering a game that's just that makes me angry we can joke and all we want but like yeah that shouldn't happen yeah cool all right, so we're going to bounce on. Um, I know um, we're looking at Justin Moore here. So as we think about Justin Moore, what are our expectations for J-Mo? All-American. Limitless, yeah. <laughs> this is so weird because it's just like, it's just like, man, I can't believe that we're actually sitting here having this conversation like a, a year and a half after that horrific thing that we all had to witness. But like, here we are. He played last year, like contributed pretty well um, overall, uh, and then and then kind of when he sat out the NIT and the whole you know all the rumor mill was going, you're like, oh god, is this guy leaving to go to another college program? Like I would have totally understood if he hit the age point where he said like, hey, time for me to move on. Like it's it's been a nice college career, but I want to move on to different things. Uh, but he stuck it out. He's with us. And now, yeah, All-American of one of the teams is not off the table. That's not a crazy thing to say. So, I, yeah. 
in, in what's ostensibly going to be the first or second best conference in the country, he is expected to be a all Big East, all conference player. So kind of with that said, like, yeah, like first, second, third team All-American is not a crazy expectation. Expectation, maybe a little bit out of a reach, but like it's not a crazy outcome at all. It's not, it's, it's definitely within the one standard, two standard deviations of, of probability here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think like, I don't even want to really, I don't really have that much more to say for Justin because it's just like the expectation is like, we know we've all have seen what Justin Moore can do. It's that he takes that and he puts that for an entire year. Um, last year, obviously the injury took away like what we were hoping to see from it. And I think this is the year where like, he's another year older. He's another year stronger. He's wiser. Like this is, his team this is like a chance for justin more like if we're talking about expectation like this is the justin moore era like this is i mean this is the it's an era it's one this year. The legacy year yeah. but yeah this is like this yeah. is the year that when we look back in five ten years you'll be like that was the justin moore year like we have the full phil booth year from 2019 like this is the justin moore year i expect we see him put his stamp on the team um and like we know, we know we've already established the tournaments and expectation. Like Justin, let, like, let's see how deep we go. Like you have a really good team around you, or at least a really old team and a really good team on paper. Like this is it. So like, this is the legacy year for him. Yeah. Can he go Carson Edwards, a team to the elite eight? That'd be pretty cool. That would be sick. Justin, um, if you're listening, Justin, just maybe do that. Just, just do that. Yeah. The JMO errors tour. I love it. I have nothing more to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't top that. <laughs> I, I think we could make like JMO Eras t shirts and like actually kind of like make a pretty penny on it. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about yeah. this backstage. Home field. Um, home yeah. field. Home field. We are not yeah. making a t shirt. Yeah, home field. Home yeah, field. Yeah, Sorry. Home field. Yeah. I forgot. Home field. You need to make this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Next uh, person is Jordan Dumont. So. Red shirt freshman for anyone. This is probably the one player on the team that people like, maybe like, wait, who is that? Um, Jordan Dumont is freshman from um, Quebec. Um, forward, kind of bound. Yeah, you heard me. Quebec. Um, no, no, no. That's not what I was. That's not what I was. Saying. Like, you said the word red shirt. Where did that come from? Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm putting my expectation on him. I think he's going to red shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, like, like, I said red shirt. I, that slipped my mind, but. Redshirt is what I'm thinking about. Like, I think he's probably going to redshirt. Um, that's just my expectation. If he's playing fantastic, like, I have no issue with the idea of, like, I'm not saying we need to redshirt him because of, like, a lack of skill. I just imagine, like, there's a lot of players and they'll just want to have him develop and get stronger for a year. But he's a really good shooter, um, has good positional size. Um, I haven't heard much of anything coming from, like, internal program on him, which also leads me to think it's probably a redshirt year. So, like Jordan redshirt Dumont is probably where I'm at for him, but like I'm excited about him and then the other three freshmen that we have coming in next year um, as well. Um, but for me, like my expectations is like soak it all in. Like you're going to be a part of a really good team. If you are able to be, if you're able to play and you're not redshirting and you're playing, you know, garbage time minutes and you're, or heck, maybe you're not playing garbage time minutes. Maybe you're really that good and you're helping out immediately, but uh, like soak it all in and like, become ready for get ready for next year because like that's where Dumont's going to actually really be needed yeah um most the most I know about him comes from friend of the pod a ray like just in what he's seen in some of his AAU games like I, I know he was playing 
tournaments down in Atlanta and in that area. And uh, A-Ray was a big uh, presence in the crowd for him, especially around the time he committed. So I've seen great things from from that side. But again, like I'm not going to start the rumor that he's going to redshirt because sometimes there are guys like Brandon Slater, like he probably should have redshirted his freshman year, but he didn't want to. So he didn't. Yeah. So that's a possibility. Um, there's certainly a backlog of talent in front of him. If he can crack that, great. If not, and he can just help them get better in practice, which I'm sure it'll go iron sharpens iron. Like, I'm sure it'll go both ways. Um, I, yeah, this is a tough one because it's like you don't really know what to expect. I just, you know, yeah. I hope he learns and grows and gets stronger. And if he can crack the lineup, he'll crack the lineup. And if not, you know, no, no issues there. Um, there's a lot of guys in front of him, experience and depth wise. So, yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. Uh, next one, uh, Colin O'Toole. We can skip over okay. Colin realistically. Just, I mean, 30 and 10. National player of the year. Like, that's <laughs> just what it is. No, I mean, we know culture, be a leader, like, lead the team. Like, Scream, lead the team. You know, yeah. A lot Drive. of high fives, a lot of towels. Drive effort and practices. Like, we yep. know what we expect from our walk ons. Colin's done that. If you touch the ball, year. shoot the ball. That's that is actually yep. a fact. I don't you know, know what? You. Actually, I will give an expectation. Make okay. sure everyone on the team's having fun. Yeah, there we go. I, on, honest to God's truth, like one of the things that was worse about last year's team is that team looked fucking miserable, like every ounce of their being every time they're on the floor. And it's like, except when they had that streak when they were playing really well. Like, and it, it was that was like kind of sucky to watch. Like, no one wants to watch like 18, 22 year olds, like just having just the worst time of their lives. Just like, go have fun. Right. Like, and if Colin O'Toole can be a, fa- a force towards like, hey, the team is going to have fun on the court, like, I think that'll actually translate, like, literally into a better overall culture to winning or whatever. Like, that bench mob team, like, going back give a me, few years, that give was me your like best part- Nick McMahon. Let's see. Yeah. It. Yeah. That team yeah. was like, was like kind of like part of the year where we were like reannouncing ourselves in the national stage. Yeah. Right. Like, and they had fun and everyone had fun and everyone liked that team because of, like and they had a lot to do with it, so I, I didn't think I was going to have an expectation there. Like I was just going to say, like, "Can we move on?" Like, but actually, no. Like that is actually key for me. Yeah. Be All yourself right, well, and have fun. Next up, Hakeem Hart. So if I'm looking at expectations for Hakeem Hart, I think there's kind of and I don't. I mean, it, it sounds like coming out of the um, secret, secret scrimmage that Armstrong started, which. I believe means Hart came off the bench, but regardless of if Hart's the fifth person or the sixth, I think Hakeem Hart is going to be that like super glue guy. Like I expect him to like be able to guard like honestly one to five, the way like just guard everyone. He's going to be a smart passer. He can do everything on the floor. Like I think we're going to, I expect him in terms of expectations, just like have his paw prints all over the game. I don't think it's going to be where, like, I don't think we're going to see, like, oh, we need to keep Keem Hart to drop 25 for us. Like, that maybe that happens in a game. But, like, realistically, I what I expect is, like, you're going to see Hakeem Hart just, like, do everything. Like, I feel like he's going to be a very big, like, die for loose balls. Like, be, like, the transfer, honestly, that kind of picks up the culture as a transfer and be like, no, this is how you play Villanova basketball. Because, like, that's what he's done. He's played that way his entire career. Like, he uh, he has played like a Villanova basketball player, just did it for University of Maryland. I expect that to continue and just, like, 
be that like glue, honestly, the glue of this team is what I'm expecting him from like a, la a lineup construction standpoint is to be that glue. Like whether or not that's in the locker room, that's like, honestly, not my business realistically, but like um, just as like the, as on the floor, I'm expecting to see that glue and that connection and seeing him just be the person that either makes the right pass, takes the shot, defends, rebounds, like he will do it all. I'm excited to see him as this. Yeah, I um, this might be too much, or um, but if you remember Shaka Smart's first year with Marquette, he had another Maryland transfer, Daryl Morcel, who was a guy that Jay Wright was after um, that he didn't land. And I just think in looking at their games, like very similar guy. And like you said, Daryl was like an ultimate glue guy for Marquette. Um, he dropped, uh, I want to say his season high against us in that um, pavilion game that we lost to Marquette uh, that, that 20, uh, 21, I, the years all blend together. Yeah. Um, whenever Marquette beat us at home, Shaka's first year, I think. Uh, and, and again, just to echo what you said, I, I, I think that's what we can expect and that's what he's done. And that's kind of the comparison that I had in my head. Yeah, I, this is another guy who's got tournament experience, right? Which is, again, like, I, I know it sounds like silly, but like, that's one of the things I'm most excited about with some of these transfers is like, hey, you actually participate on a team that made the NCAA tournament. Like, you know what it looks like. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, Moore and Dixon know and have been to a Final Four, right? But like, but like, a lot of these guys don't, right? Like, we, we, like, like, we don't have a ton of, NCAA tournament experience on this team outside of outside of those two guys that I just mentioned, right? So like a guy who has a little bit of NCAA tournament experience is, is important to me. He also had a he also comes from last year playing under Willard, who like it's it this goes back a ways on the pod, but I've I, I've always liked Kevin Willard as a coach. So like so like I and I like what he brings to the table, and I think he does take some of those attitude type things are had in the past so he knows how to prevent locker room infighting yeah no he doesn't know how to do that yeah. that's a that that's that's a uh, did, maybe did that's like have seton, the that's probably a seton hall thing yeah it's yeah. probably a seton hall thing not a willard thing <laughs> is what we're realizing did maryland have the january team infighting portion of the schedule last i year? I, I, I would have to check the tape yeah <laughs> uh but but that being said he's he's a good pedigree and yeah i mean look a guy named Hart who just played his last few years of basketball in the DMV, like, uh, sign me up, like, every time. Yeah, he's from <laughs> Philly, um, so he's playing back home in front of hometown yeah. friends and family. Um, I snuck into the secret scrimmage with one of his AAU teammates. Uh, so it was uh, not the secret scrimmage, the blue and white scrimmage. Um, so it's – all signs are pointing to this. He'll be a good glue guy. Yep. The I think I mean to me like look, Trevor. I I don't think you mean it this way, but just to clarify, when I when I hear glue guy, I'm not thinking of it in the sense of like, oh, he's like a seventh eighth guy. Who's no, no, like, no, 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 no. Like no, I think you, you mean I'm, it like you mean I'm it like Jermaine like as the glue guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Like a, yeah. a Jermaine Samuels, Wayne Anderson. You know, one of those guys that is like this is somebody that pulls the team together lose the team together if you will yeah. um and 
Yeah, go ahead, Willie. I think last year, like I said it with Slater, I think we were like miscasting Slater last year to be like, we needed Slater to be like a go-to guy, but Slater is a Google guy. Like, yeah. I think Hart is similar in that way, except as like, at least as of right now, he's not miscast. Like he has yeah. the ability to do this exact role. I honestly think there's a little bit of similarity between Hart and Slater in their games. I think Hart's more of a guard or can do more guard things than Slater can do. Um, but like, that's like what I'm expecting is like, He's not mis- He's not going to be miscast in his role. He's going to be able to be a star glue guy. Like once again, glue guy does not mean seventh eighth man. Like Chris was saying, like you, like heck, he could be an all Big East player as a glue guy. Like I don't think that's going to happen. But like plenty of glue guys have done that before. X factor, whatever you want like to call a, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but like X factor ink indicates like a degree of variability. Yeah, but I think he could be like a glue guy with an X factor. Yeah. Yes, to him. Like very Germany. This is yeah. kind of Jermaine, like, Igadala, one of those kind of guys. Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Like if Hart's one of those guys who is just like, hey, he pulls down like just like an insane board and it turns into like a it turns into a second chance opportunity that gives us a point. It gives us a couple points like in a key moment of a game where they're the other team's trying to stem the tide or or we're trying to stem the tide of another team making a run like that's that, that we missed that last year. We didn't have that. Yeah. So that, that would be huge. Yeah. Um, all right. We got two more players left. Um, next up is Lance Ware. Yeah, there's so many fucking players on this. There's team. a lot. There's a lot of players on this roster. <laughs> last um, year we would have like, we talked like six guys. And then yeah. like, okay. End of episode. Yeah. You know. uh, um, Lance Ware. Go ahead, Chris. So. Lance where um, I think there's a variety of expectations. Look, I, he didn't, he's played at Kentucky for a couple of years. Like he wasn't like the, the, he definitely wasn't the guy at Kentucky. I think he was looking for a fresh start. I will say one of the things that I've always heard is, is that leader in the leader in the locker room, great attitude guy. That's all there. He didn't play in the blue white scrimmage and I get the impression just because when Villanova goes really quiet about somebody, like it's kind of like a, it's an indicator of something and I'm not starting rumors and not doing anything like that. But like, I just have a feeling that we might not see a lot of him um, for, 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 for a little bit. I think maybe as the season progresses, I think his role might increase, but just like, I don't know if it's an injury or something else there, but like Villanova's kind of gone dark on him. You know, like you don't see him like blue white scrimmage. He was obviously just absent from like from like playing or whatever, right? Like you don't hear any news on him like at all from like a secret scrimmage or whatever. It just tells me that there's like something going on there. I would appreciate if someone can go do some journalism and and find out some more information, but like. I, it's weird. Like my expectation is that by the end of the season, he ends up being like a 10 minute guy at the five at like, you know, the four or five, like again, the other guy alongside Njoku who could spell Dixon or move Dixon to the four or something like that. Like that would be good. But I think that's going to, I think we're going to take some, I think it's going to take some time to get there. Yeah. Calipari raved about him character wise and everything when he was uh, in the portal. Um, he was a captain, I want to say, at Kentucky, uh, which 
I mean, if you're there for more than a year, I guess that's kind of you're the de facto captain at Kentucky. <laughs> but not to take anything away from that, um, Calipari really respected him and and was truly – he said he was going to miss him. Um, he broke Providence's heart. So that's always high on my list of factors. <laughs> um, I yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Like, there's we haven't heard anything, but again, he didn't he didn't play in the secret scrimmage. I'd love to see him be able to give Eric a break um, if Nana isn't up to that task, or if the tandem of them can can help give Eric some relief uh, in the uh, in the front court. So. We'll see when we hear something, we'll know something, I guess. But uh, yeah, great character guy, great locker room guy here for an opportunity. I hope he can get it and use it. Yeah, I think he's going to be, I'm excited uh, for what we see from Lance. I think he's going to be incredibly versatile and I'm really excited just like once he hits the court to see what he's got. Um, But in the interest of time, I'm going to move on to our next person um, and our last person, uh, Jordan Longino. Um, if I'm looking at expectations, um, I, we kind of alluded to this in the beginning of the pod. Sounds like he is healthy. Sounds like he had made an impression in the secret scrimmage. I like, I want to hear more of that from him. Um, and then I want him to be healthy. Like that's like number one, like he's been snake bitten his entire career thus far. And it hasn't been like, well, they have been big ones. Cause it's been, you know, there was the meniscus. There was, a, there's all, there's been all these, it was a meniscus, right? I'm not tripping about that. Um, he did something to his knee. Yeah, yeah something to his knee. Um, <laughs> one of those knee things. Yeah, one of those knee things. Um, but it's also like he'll get hurt, but then he gets hurt just enough and is able to come back, and then he's like gets hurt again and he's able to come back. Um, I just want to be able to see him like have a clean bill of health for the season because we saw it at the end of his freshman year. Like he's incredibly talented. He was the only freshman on the team, the 2022 team, that like hit the rotation realistically. And that was the rotation of a final four team. Like he was realistically our last, like our eighth man on that team. And it was, was a like, loss when, yeah, when we lost, yeah, it was a loss. It was a loss. Like, yeah. and so like, I think this will be like, I'm, I'm excited um, for him to be healthy. I'm excited to see him for another year. And I'm like, we could kind of tell from the jump last year, like he didn't look the same, like, even though he was like, so I just want to see like, does he look stronger? Is he more like the, you know, is the, yeah, does he look stronger? Has like the workouts been working for him? Um, and how many touchdowns he's going to throw this year? Glad you snuck that in there. Um, so Rothstein, I think when he visited Villanova's practice, he tweeted that there was a lot of Reggie Redding in uh, Jordan Longino. So anytime you get compared to an all time Jay Wright guy is, is good news. Um, so again, like, Hopefully, clean bill of health stays on the floor. He has that nice, like, one dribble pull up. I'd like to see him uh, develop his catch and shoot a little bit more just because he's going to be out on the wing um, and he's presumably going to have more opportunities with guys uh, driving and, and kicking out. So, hopefully, he becomes that, like, deadly catch and shoot three from the corner three guy that we've hoped that he could also be. Um, but we've seen him have the ball in his hands. It's all been good potential so far. So I'd just like to see him wheel that in and stay healthy. He's a good defensive player. Um, and yeah, he was also the only freshman that was a quarterback. So, you know, it's all good. Every basketball team needs one quarterback on the team. Exactly. There you go. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I echo everyone else's take there. Like, I'm not. You want to see it? You want to see another step forward? I, I feel like last year was a little bit of like a plateau. So I'd like to see him break out of that a little bit more. I thought his freshman campaign was solid. I thought he had moments last year that I liked what he was doing. Like both times we've lost him. I felt like, damn, that like it wasn't the biggest loss that we've had, but like in terms of, in terms of an injury, but he was like, it was meaningful. Like he, he played enough of a role where it was like, man, his absence is like, I, I can't put my finger on what's going wrong. And then you like, the light bulb goes off in your head, like, oh, fuck, like John Longino's not here. Like, that's the problem, right? So I'd like him to stay healthy all year. It's like maybe my biggest expectation. And then from there, and then from there, clear development um, yeah. and stepping up. Like, he should be a factor in the rotation um, as long as he's healthy. Yeah. I think that's such a good way of putting it. It's like, I expect him to be a factor in the rotation. I expect, yeah. like, on a good day for him, like heck close out a lineup, like close out the game. Like I, he's fully capable of doing that on like, a, like when he's on. So like when you're on, let's like be part of that rotation. Yep. That's Longino, honestly, like X factor. Like that's what I like is he can let, he can raise the floor, raise the ceiling and the floor of the team. Agreed. Right, well, that takes us through the entire roster. We've hit it all. We've we've solved Villanova basketball. There it is. Done. National champions. Right in. Don't even need to tune in this season. Just home field and we'll see you all in yeah. <laughs> Phoenix? Is it Phoenix this year? It is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Phoenix. I would love to go. I've never been to Arizona. Never I'd love been to go to Arizona. Arizona. Like to. Maybe this maybe this April. I went to so, I went to Phoenix once. Yeah, it's cool. If you're listening, Villanova just you know, do it. Win, win four games in March Madness. It's not that big. Really, game. not that hard. <laughs> People win four games all the time. Like. <laughs> oh, man. Um, look, just a couple other things and news and notes. That yeah. I, I think I mentioned this early on. Like Duke um, is is our next secret scrimmage. So not so secret scrimmage. Um, that's apparently in – I don't think it's this week. I think it might be the week after. I think it's like the end of the month. I, I think saw. it's the end of the month. 28th yeah. is what I saw. That's a good tune-up because Duke is apparently like Duke, right? So like, yeah, I mean – Duke is Duke. Good one. Yeah. But they're apparently like, you know, top 10. Yeah. You know, no, definitely. It'll, it'll be good. Yeah. And I think Duke is a little more loosey-goosey when it comes to their secret scrimmages too. Like they like to – they're one of those teams that like takes video and stuff and that somehow makes it to their fan board. So I look forward to hearing and seeing some of their rumors that spill out from that. You're They're extremely like, one-sided rumors. Yeah, yeah. You're going to see a lot of like videos of like Tyrese Proctor taking like a mid-range jumper over Mark Armstrong and people are going to be like, Oh no, what's going on? So it's because oh, Duke, yeah, yeah. Duke edited the video. Like, I'm sure Mark got him back. Like it's okay. Um, it's actually the score is going to be blurred out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll be actually a really good matchup uh, with Kyle Filipowski <laughs> and Dixon. Also, like I'm excited to see. Those I'm just envisioning. I'm just envisioning Willie on Twitter. Like they post a video and then he's in there, like writing the community notes. Like this video is missing content. <laughs> 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 <Right. laughs> Just getting like uh, annoyed, like just like this is not the full story. <laughs> um, no, so but like, look I, for me right now, like even beyond the secret scriptures, like no one fucking get hurt. 
like three what three Stay weeks. Healthy. <laughs> three three weeks. Watch your hands. Yeah, don't yeah, that's correct. It'd be really cool if we started a season with no injuries. Like yeah. I feel like the last few seasons we've always had some like I'm just gonna go someone's gonna break their nose. It just that's <laughs> yeah. just I don't know who it's gonna be, but yeah. someone's going to. Someone's gonna break a hand, someone's gonna break a nose. Like just just if stop. I had to pick someone. No, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Colin, mask up, buddy. That's right. Um, all right. I think that's all we got. Um, we will be back probably right before or after that Duke scrimmage. Uh-